0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve, and with me, as always, is Jen. Jen, would you like to say hi from your from the safety of your home?
1: Hello, from the safety of my home.
0: Uh, we're coming from you—not live, but we're coming at you from our our respective homes. Uh, I, I I don't think people know we live in the same town too. I think yes, us, but uh, we live in the same town, so we're coming to you from. The town that we live in, and we're gonna continue our quarantine episodes. Uh, I think we'll just jump right into it. Let's. This first part should be fairly quick. Later in the episode, we'll talk about, you know, just our thoughts on like what this whole like COVID nineteen situation has been doing to the entertainment industry, what uh, we think will happen, what we think won't happen, some of the effects we've already seen on TV, movies, and um, you know, like some of the other stuff that Jen uh, is going to inform us about and educate us about later on. But uh, for the beginning, let's go into what we've been watching or listening to or reading uh, since our last episode. Um, I have two movies that I've watched since the last episode. What do you have?
1: I only have TV shows. So this okay. is
0: good. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so I watched the first movie I'll talk about is uh, – I. Th- I'll start with something that's a little more timely. Uh, they released Onward on Disney+, Plus, like, fairly, you know, soon after the theatrical release because they realized, you know, people can't go to movie theaters. Um, so I was actually... My wife and I were super happy about that. We wanted to watch Onward right before, like, the COVID-19 outbreak. And so we watched it. I thought it was... I thought it was great. I thought it was very good. Uh, my wife was, like, not as impressed. I think because it's, like, really fantastical and it's set in like a fantasy world that is not so different from like the modern world but it's like so it's like a twist on that like what if you know a world where magic exists they discovered technology and started like veering towards using technology as opposed to magic uh did you get a chance to watch onward
1: I have not um I have to admit I have not really utilized my Disney Plus account um as really? much as I probably should have. Yeah. Um but did it make you cry?
0: No. Did
1: my you my tear? wife cried
0: a few times. Okay. Okay. Um, but I I enjoyed it more than she did. Uh, okay. but no, I did I did not cry. There there's there's like a moment or two where like it definitely is trying to make you cry for sure. Um, but it doesn't nearly do as good a job as, uh, like, Inside Out or Up or anything like that, for sure. Um,
1: no, it was um, on Onward's interesting, right, because it's, like, it it's this class of movies, like, along with Invisible Man and The Hunt, where, like, it had a couple of weeks in theater and then sort of had to pivot and shorten the thea- theatrical window to to now be released on demand. Whereas the other movies that I named are still, um, they're available for like rental or purchase, I guess. Um, Like Onward has the advantage of being like a Disney property. So with a Disney Plus subscription, you get to just watch it. Also kind of like Frozen 2 too, um, T-O-O, where I think Frozen 2 had definitely left the theater by the time coronavirus hit but it definitely oh. the this the release of it being on um disney plus and streaming was moved up significantly to accommodate like these times oh, um sure. i wish that i wish that we could get a sense of like how many people are watching certain things um mm-hmm. on streaming just just because I think it'd be interesting to see, like, um, like how many people are actually like watching these things as they hit these like platforms, um, especially the movies that were supposed to have like theatrical um, releases.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It, maybe it's because like I've spent, maybe it's because like YouTube has been a part of my life for the past like twenty. I don't actually. I don't know. Maybe it's like 15, 10 years or whatever. But um, I like like. Seeing the view count, you know, yeah. and I, I want to know how many people have like watched this. Like, I and I think for movies, it's like less so than like TV shows on streaming services, but I am like super curious. Like, I want to know like how many people are watching this, even if it's you know, uh, there are no ads running, you know, and so advertisers can't like take advantage of that. Like, I just personally want to know like what is popular and like don't give me right, the Netflix, like, like how do you. Rate you know
1: yeah like how do you know or deem something like successful without actually knowing like how many people have like watched it and watched the entirety of it so like not like counting like people who started and never finished it but like yeah so if we're gonna talk about like you know this movie was number one this weekend and that's why i actually i do think like unless like netflix is of the world i guess netflix is really the only people in this game but like You know, unless they're going to release, like, the opening, quote-unquote, opening weekend release numbers and stuff, like, I, that's why I really do have a harder time with, like, movies that are, like, released on Netflix first because it just doesn't feel like this, like, same same game as, like, something that, like, where it's out in the public and the amount of money it makes on, like, while it's out, like, is is a measure of its success like i don't want netflix to just tell me like oh like 40 million people watched this like but like really but like what does that mean are you counting the people who like started it and like never finished it like what right. what is your metric for that And it's like so hard to um take that seriously and in that sense like i definitely understand people who are still very much out on um you know counting streaming as a legitimate platform for like movie distribution
0: yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I'm in like with TV shows. it's Like, don't give me like the total. Give me like per yeah. episode. Like each, yeah. v- each like, yeah. each like play. You know, like each video, each like episode. Like, give me a view count. But anyway, um, yeah. so, onward. Good. You should watch it. I think you'll like. It. I will
1: watch it. I will watch it. I love Tom F- Holland.
0: Yeah, I, and his like somehow his charm manages to like manifest like even through animation. Um, That's
1: so nice to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because his voice is so like distinct, and you—he doesn't—he doesn't doesn't come across as someone who has a distinct voice. Yeah. But it—it is. You know what I mean? It's because there's like a, a, like a youthful maturity, but also Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like a naivete about Mm -hmm. it. Um, and he—he like, he can manage the, even though he looks like he's like obviously very handsome and like adorable and like jacked his voice doesn't sound exactly the way he looks you know yeah there are other people like um you know like dave batista the guy who plays drax he sounds yeah yeah yeah. he sounds like the way he looks
1: yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and tom holland doesn't necessarily. i
1: mean but don't you feel like tom holland like like low-key like He doesn't, I mean, you you know he's jacked, but he's, like, low-key jacked, right? Like, he doesn't, like, when I think of him, like, that's not what, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I'm, like, I don't really equate him with, like, oh, man, like, that's what you look like. But I think that's because, like, he just, (laughs) like, to me, he just looks like he's so boyish looking. Yeah, right,
0: right, right, right. Um,
1: Yeah. And then we can move on. Like, I don't really need to talk about Chris Pratt. You know how I feel.
0: yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I you definitely won't dislike Onward. You uh, the okay. worst you'll think is oh it's fine. Okay. Okay. Worth
1: that, watching, that, that's
0: worth watching, especially if that's you a root, be happy
1: to That's a it. hallmark of a really good recommendation, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah.
0: The worst you'll think is oh it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's some of the stuff you've been watching?
1: Um, so I have something that I started watching when it first came out like a year ago and I realized I had never finished it. So then I binged the rest of the huh. season and it's Russian Doll. Do you know oh, Russian Doll? Yes, yes. I've so heard. I don't know. Like, I don't know why, but like, and I also think like maybe I wasn't in the mood and I was just trying to watch it because everybody was talking about it when it was first released. But it's the show that's co-created by Amy Poehler and Natasha Lyonne, who I really love as an actress. Um and it's about a woman who just keeps dying and it's like Groundhog Day and she's trying to figure out like what the heck is going on Mm -hmm. um but it's very like I don't know like I I got really into the back half of it um once I started watching it again and now I can't wait for the second season and I think it's coming out maybe this year so hopefully uh it's still going to happen. I highly recommend anybody who hasn't watched watched Russian Doll. Um, every episode, like the same thing happens, but like as the season progresses, you unpack a little bit more of the mystery, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's kind of just like a fascinating like way to story tell. And she's so good in it. Like Natasha Leone, like is just like plays like a manic character but like she has like control over her mania and like i don't know like i just i i'm just like really blown away by her so um i highly recommend it
0: uh two questions about russian doll one yeah uh, what uh streaming service is it on and two netflix, netflix? Okay. it is on netflix yes uh the second one is um how explicit is it explicit like at all is like is it like child friendly is it like teenager friendly is it like adults only it's
1: it's definitely teenager friendly um there's no nudity and there's no like violence um they curse and they make references to using drugs and stuff but um i mean i wouldn't watch it with like an eight-year-old but i think you can sort of watch it with your high school kid if, okay. if you wanted to gotcha. um yeah but it's like it's literally like a half hour comedy so it, it it's, oh, it's not a com- like it's a comedy it's i mean it's considered a comedy so yes yeah it, it's it. like six episodes like 25 minutes each Like so you can binge it in like literally a day got it okay
0: great no that um you got me sold on that i mean especially if it's 25 minutes and you know that was a great elevator pitch for like the premise. So I'm um, I'm definitely going to check it out.
1: Check it out. Um, and before we move on, I have to say I did give Tiger King a try based oh, on like the conversation whoa, whoa, whoa. we had last Can we time. Can we save that?
0: Can we save that for the end?
1: Um, not the <laughs> okay. end of the episode. But end of this
0: segment. The end of the segment. Yeah. Sure. Let's save that. Let's save that. Um. i I'll, I'll go next to the last thing that I watched since our last episode, which is um, Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast so and did you?
1: So uh, I'm going to say something. You, when we were prepping for this, you said you watched two movies and you liked one and you didn't like the other. And you just told me that you like Onward. So I'm disappointed. You did not like Hobbs and Shaw?
0: I did not. Did you watch it? No. It, um, bastardization is, like, too strong of a word. Like, I don't, I'm not, like, offended by it. But it definitely is like a weird version of. Uh, it, it's like a movie that wanted to be like a Fast and Furious movie, but it kind of is because it, it it like exists in that universe, but it 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 didn't get it like completely. Right. I, I mean, first off, the first thing that. didn't like about it was the runtime it's like two and a half hours long and i may be exaggerating
1: why is every why is every movie two and a half hours now like i I don't understand
0: and it just like it was entirely too long entirely too long there's a there's an extra act there's like four acts and i don't know why there's you know it's supposed to be three acts right And Mm -hmm. you can like manipulate it a little bit. And You can be creative, and if you're like a phenomenal director or screenwriter, then you can make it feel like there isn't three acts. But in general, there's three acts, and this has four. This just has an extra act at the end. And no reason.
1: I mean, is it for the diehard fans who like live for this stuff?
0: (laughs) No, it cannot be. It cannot be. And it just, uh, so it. It's just. It's like, (sighs) I. I mean, I'm okay. Glad I watched it. Not a fan. Yeah, but no, I would never watch it again.
1: And that's not Why the same. Why didn't bad- you? You're a huge fan of the Fast and Furious love it. series, right? Love, Why love didn't to. you end up watching this on um, in the theater, or do you normally not watch these in no, the theater? I, I normally do. Mm-hmm. And,
0: but um, like, there's there something even about the trailers where it was like, oh man, this is, it doesn't feel the same. You know, it's a little watered down. And I think it, like, tries to be a little... There's a part of the Fast and Furious franchise where they're like, okay, there's going to be a suspension of, like, disbelief. Mm -hmm. And you're going to... And we're all... It's almost like we're all in on the... Not the joke, because it's not, like, corny. I mean, it, it is a little corny, but, like, we're all... I guess for lack of a better term, we're all in on the joke, right? Yeah. That this is not fiction. This started off as, like, a movie about like people who steal like dvd players and now they're they just turned into like superheroes that mm-hmm. are yeah. like, superhuman car drivers you know what i mean um and yeah so, so there's like a suspension of disbelief and then but then this movie it doesn't play on that at all you know it's just like a james bond movie but even more unrealistic it takes the unreal it only takes the unrealistic parts of the fast and furious franchise without the whole um like history of it and i say history because i'm trying not to use the negative connotation of or i'm not trying to use the word baggage within like the pejorative yeah, yeah there's like a there's like a positive baggage there you know
1: Do you feel like um, as the movies have become more popular and increased um, in, like, you know, as it's, uh, as the sequels have come out and stuff, like, it's moved more towards that where you're taking more, um, like, obviously what brings people back are, like, these, like, insane and incredible, like, action sequences and just, like, everything that, like, people love about these movies, like, it's constantly upping the ante so like it can't help but be like more and more ridiculous and more and more like unbelievable in this in that sense or is it because like this is sort of operating on a um you, you know like a world that is within the Fast and Furious franchise but also like a little bit outside of it like what's the difference here with this movie versus the ones that are in the series
0: yeah you, the difference is like you know the action sequences are like the same, you know, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's not with the characters that we love. You know, so when we see mm. our, our friends yeah, doing it got in it. Fast and Furious movies, it's like, oh, that's so crazy. I can't believe he did that because I know where he came from. He was
1: eating yep.
0: a tuna salad sandwich, like, in yep. L.A., just a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and yep, he yep, was an aspiring, yep. uh, like, he was an aspiring, like, FBI agent, or he mm-hmm. was, like, just an auto mechanic. And look at how far they've come. This is, like, it's specifically like the fact that it's two characters who are introduced really late, so there is no realism with them. Like, they came in as, like, characters, these, like, you know, quote unquote characters, like, capital C characters, and they just continue to be those characters whereas when you see like yeah. vin diesel or um you know tyrese or ludicrous doing things like oh i remember when he was just the guy who like ripped cds like that character mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's like it adds a, there's an extra layer of woe or like like uh an extra like degree of difficulty in pulling off a stunt where it's like oh wow i can't believe that guy can even do that that's crazy
1: right right
0: okay yeah. Okay. So I yeah I didn't it 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 just didn't have a heart or soul like the other fa- and that's a really weird thing to say about Fast and Furious movies <laughs> you know like no, I understand but I feel like point, I but... feel like
1: it like has heart and soul because that's what people love like the family aspect of it and they're just like um like it's the characters that you've grown so I totally get it
0: yeah I, and I think it helps with the fast movies where it's like they clearly besides like The Rock and the other male actors like. Uh everyone did seem to thoroughly enjoy each other's company. i I think you know Paul Walker being at the center of that mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so you, it like bleeds through you know to the performances so so yeah right. I, 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 I I'm not saying it was a terrible movie, but uh, I would I like unless you are a huge like Idris Elba or Vanessa Kirby fan. Like, there's no need to watch it, I think.
1: Okay, that's great. One of my friends texted me and was like, I just watched this and I thought it was great. So that's so interesting to see that there's two very, very opposite opinions of this one particular
0: movie. I wouldn't, I would I would never, it's not, like, I didn't think it was so bad that where I'd be like, wow, if someone liked that, like, I don't think they have good taste or um, I wouldn't, like, judge someone for, for liking it. There are yeah. parts of the movie that are likable, but I guess because yep. I was expecting it to, I, I, the standard I held it to was not like just an action movie. It was um, like a Fast and Furious movie, you know. Uh, yeah. And so I, I think if you like action movies, like if you watch any action movie, then you will probably like this. But I don't really watch a lot of action movies.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? If I have some time to kill, two and a half hours Don't precisely, um, I will watch it. But I'm—I have so many—I have so many things to watch. So I'm not sure. It like literally goes in the back of my
0: list. All right. Uh, what What are some other TV shows that you've been watching since since last time?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah. So I have. Um, two that I'm both sort of, one, I'm a little bit further into than the other, but, um, one of the shows is on Hulu and it's called High Fidelity. It's a remake of the, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. the, the 1990s. Cusack, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but John Cusack's character is now played by a Zoe Kravitz, uh, one Zoe Kravitz. Um, so it's, it's different. Cause like the, obviously the character is now a female and but it's like sort of like the same premise like they both like work or own a record store and there's lots of cool music and it's just about like you know like trying to find love and trying to like like navigate life in um New York City I don't know if High Fidelity the movie was also set in New York City but Nick Hornby the writer of the original source material is also the executive producer um I've been really liking it I really like um well, I love Zoe Kravitz. I don't know how you feel about her. Like, um, you've, watched, uh, you've watched Little Fires. Big Little Lies? No. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. <laughs> not Little Fires Everywhere. Um, and so I, I'm I'm a fan. Um, but, I, I mean, I think she's so charismatic. And um, I really, really like her. Uh, but I really like also just listening to people talk about music. Because, like, music is not something that like, I feel, like, super confident about in, in terms of, like, taste and like just talking about like what's good and what's cool cuz like i just um like i can do that with other things but like you know you know my taste in music steve it's like i'm going to listen to pop <laughs> <laughs> um so it's really like interesting to like like so it's like really cool to see like all these characters um talk about music in such a cool way and it's such a huge part of like who they are and what brings these like friends together, um, so I, I mean, I like it, and then um, I also like it because. Um, do you know um, Jake Lacey? No. He is um, the. You know him, so he was on the office. Um, yes, you know Jake Lacey. or you've you've seen him in things, but he mm-hmm. always plays like the nice guy. Um, so, like the nice so he was in how to be single he was in girls he was in this movie that i highly recommend called obvious child which is now on netflix like but he's always this like like not bland looking but he's like such a like archetype of like white nice boyfriend um but there's something about him that i really like he's like john krasinski 2.0 um John Krasinski for, like, Jack Ryan, like, essentially, but, like, he's, and he's also in High Fidelity, and he, like, is, like, plays love interest, and um, I just really, like, like him as an actor, Um, and, and so, like, I've also been kind of watching it for him, so I'm halfway through the season. I'm not done yet, but um, I recommend it. I think it's cool, Um, and yeah, it's got to be better than two and a half hours of, Hobson and Shaw so I think people should watch
0: yeah I'm, I'm sure it is I, I have heard very good things about about high fidelity nothing too like passionate like oh my god you know so underrated like everyone should be watching this but I have yet to um, encounter anything like negative about it especially when it comes to Zoe Kravitz's performance um, yeah I've only heard very good, good things
1: yeah. um, fun fact but the other show that I wa- was watching devs that I finished um her husband is actually in death, huh. um so they're both like yeah I, I had no idea who she was married to like I knew she got married because like her wedding was like Instagrammed like all over the place I did but, not know she was married uh, yeah she got married like last year like all of her big little flies um like family was there and were there and um, I mean he, he's also very good looking. I'm like yes, yeah, two good looking people. Like why not? <laughs> um, but like this guy was so interesting on depths and I was like who is this guy and I looked him up and I was like oh this is who she's married to. So um, so that's that. So that high fidelity, highly recommend. Um, but can I tell you like I I don't know that we're doing obsessions of the episode, but if I had to like pick an obsession of the episode like this is like legitimately one hundred percent it, but um, it literally just got released on Netflix maybe Monday, so we're recording this like on Wednesday, so like two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Mindy Kaling's new show called Never Have I Ever, and it's so good.
0: Really? Um,
1: if you like, I mean, you're I don't know that you're gonna like it because like it's YA and it's just really really sweet and lovely and um, but it's Like, literally, my favorite thing that she's done, Mindy Kaling has done since maybe the Mindy Project, like, the first two seasons of the Mindy Project. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, like, a huge fan of Mindy Kaling, and I, like, literally watch everything that she does, but this is, like, just, like, I don't know. Like, I am only, like, on episode two, and, like, I know I'm gonna binge the entire, like, I think, six episodes, eight episodes. Um, And this, I don't think is a spoiler alert, but the entire, like, it's about a 15 year Indian girl, kind of, like, modeled after her life. And um, the entire show is narrated by John McEnroe, the tennis player. What? Um, yeah, so it's, like, very Jane the Virgin-esque in that way because Jane the Virgin, like, the narrator was such a character, like, a character by itself, like, in on that show, and it's almost like that. Um, but it's, you, you would think that it wouldn't work, but it totally works. Like, he's literally narrating the show as, as this 15 year old girl, but like, it's so spot on perfect. And it's like so good. Um, So, I mean, I think, I think Janelle would like it. So you should tell your wife about it. Really? Um, I think you should at least watch like the first, first episode with her and um, like, let me know what you think. But that's like my number one pick for this, for this episode.
0: Interesting. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Is there anything else you need to talk about in terms of what we've been uh, watching since last episode?
1: No, okay. I think we can we can get into the meat of this episode yes, now, let's, 35 let's. minutes later. <laughs> All right,
0: um, so let's talk about, you, this is a conversation that, you know, you and I have had, like, on and off for the past few weeks, just about, like, the state of pop culture and entertainment, you know, with, you know, the whole COVID-19 outbreak, and, you know, um, I think one thing that we noticed was how TV and movies were reacting very differently to kind of uh, the whole situation, right? And I guess the, the situation mm-hmm. being that there's nothing to watch right now, right? Like movie theaters are closed and TV shows have been put on hiatus because productions have been put on a hiatus for both industries. And I, I
1: guess it's technically yes, one industry, it's, right? I mean, yes, except I guess, I don't feel like there's not anything to watch just because like there's so much to watch all the time. Right. So like, I mean, you just have lists upon lists of things Mm -hmm. and then things are, things are still getting released. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, agree. So why don't, and I think you can speak on this a little more. um, But I think the thing that we noticed was when it comes to movies, right. So like, you know, we started off talking about Onward and I think that's, you know a great segue to this point which is that with onward you know like you had had mentioned you know to a lesser extent frozen 2 but you know these movies got released they had theatrical releases and then they were immediately put on demand but now that movie theaters have been shut down um there's nothing to release on demand that has yet to make its theatrical release so a movie like black widow you know instead of disney saying um excuse me instead of disney saying oh we'll go ahead and just release this on disney plus they've just delayed all movies that have not made its theatrical release yet have been pushed back and delayed whereas with tv um if it's done you know like the example you and i talked about was the last dance on espn about uh, the chicago bulls and their 1998 season um espn was like we got to move it up like we can't wait we should you know while there's you know nothing
1: like eyeballs in front of tv yeah
0: we're yeah, still stuck at home let's release it right now and i think that's like really interesting that tv and movies have gone two totally different directions and it makes sense because of things i like-
1: mean that yeah. totally makes sense because of like if you can't get butts in theaters then yes it makes sense to to push out releases as much as possible but if people are going to be sheltering in place at home, then then, yeah, like, let's just put out all of the stuff that was already going to be in the can or was already in the can and like ready to be released. But like do it in a way, do it during a time period where people are hungry for content and hungry for and um, they can't go anywhere. Right. So um, have you um, have you been tracking like how well the last dance is doing i haven't really looked at it but i can't imagine that it's not doing well
0: yeah it's definitely it's i think espn's like top rated non-live sporting event it pulled in i think the first episode was like six million people and which for yeah. espn is like huge you know f- yeah. for something that's like not a live sporting event it's just like i wouldn't say quite astronomical but it's definitely like their most watched like non-live sporting event in an incredibly long time, if, if ever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like easily, easily for them. You know, the problem is that you know I don't know if advertisers care enough right now. You know, yeah, um, yeah, and so it's just so, it's interesting.
1: It is interesting. Um, let's talk about the movies for a little bit, or the movie industry for a That's little great. bit. Um, so,
0: do you want to talk I about mean, AMC and Universal?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess um, uh, Universal um, had decided to release Trolls. What is the full title of this movie? I, it's like Trolls. I, don't know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I should have looked this up. Um, Trolls I, World Tour, so. something like that, right? Yes, but, yeah, um, War, that's right. So instead of, you know, being. So, the trend that we're seeing right now is either these big movies being delayed indefinitely or delayed to a much later time frame. Um, and I think, you know, just to hang on that point a little bit, it's not just the United States movie theaters being shut down. I right. think the fact that china has made the decision to shut down movie theaters during the outbreak and stuff and they are a huge marketplace for all of these movies and the movies that like and like the hollywood um hollywood movies essentially and so you know i think that smaller films you know have had on-demand debuts and stuff like that but The bread and butter of these big blockbuster movies are always going to be getting people's butts in those seats, especially like on opening weekends. So instead of, you know, moving forward and releasing movies as they were planned and releasing it the way that Trolls did, which is just to release it on demand instead of delaying it, um, most of these big movies like Black Widow. Mulan, A Quiet Place, um, the James Bond movie that I can't seem to remember the name of. I'm like, is it Never Say Never? Is it Never Dying? What is it? Um, but you know what? It's also interesting. Is like, it's not even movies that are like being released this year. Like, if you look at the entire Marvel slate, everything has shifted from like um, a half a year back, which is so like insane to me. But makes total sense because they've always had this plan. Um, so you have to sort of work within within like the the general plan that you had had. Um, but like all these like when I look at the list, like it it's just weird to me like how not only are movies being released that were supposed to be released this year. Or like either moving to later in the year, or like even next year. But like even movies that were supposed to be like like released twenty twenty one are going to twenty twenty two. So there's just yeah. gonna be like such a backlog of um, movies that are going to be released much much later and like nobody's really thinking about like okay what happens when there's a second wave of all this and we have to like be sheltering in place again like who the who then who knows right um but to go back to trolls and amc so essentially what ended up happening was um universal took a gamble just and released trolls on demand and it turned out to be this like gigantic success because I think families are just dying to have some sort of family-friendly entertainment um, that they can put in front of their kids because their kids are home all day and they're with their kids all day. So it literally pulled in like $100 million in revenue through digital sales alone. And that's insane like it's so insane um or maybe it's not insane I don't know what the first trolls did but it just seems like (laughs) such a big number and so as a result like you know the NBC Universal CEO was like you know as soon as theaters reopen, like I we're gonna release movies in both formats so in theaters and um in digital um and like AMC, the president of AMC was like, This is unacceptable. It's so disappointing. And literally they were like, effective immediately. AMC will no longer play any universal movies in our theaters. And it was and it's just like, What are weird? you saying, man?
0: <laughs> is it weird that I kind of get it though? Like oh, these... Yeah,
1: I com- I, com- like, I completely not I,
0: get it. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying like I like i get why he's upset
1: yeah well the thing is like both have huge things huge stakes on the line and like i to me when i first read his statement i was just like oh my gosh this guy is having like a like just being a brat or like having a breakdown like publicly um and like to me i was just like "Uh, i feel like amc is not in the place of having a leg up in this um but at the same time, like AMC is the largest cinema chain in the U.S., and you know, losing access to AMC theaters is going to be a really big blow for Universal's like big upcoming films, which include your favorite Fast and Furious. So, right. um, so to imagine that, like if you wanted to go see Fast and Furious, like oh you can't God. go to an AMC theater; you have to like seek out like a different theater. Um, and, like, Steve, like, we don't have a ton of choices around us. That's not AMC. We like, really let's face don't. it. We don't live in the city. We don't live in, you know. So it, it is, I get it. Like, he's talking the big talk. But I, I still think he 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 has some clout. Um, and, but for Universal, like, I get this, I guess, I get this, too. I just don't know if this gamble is going to pay off. Because I feel like this success is not translatable to when we are back in theater. but I guess it doesn't matter if you're splitting the if you're splitting the revenue between you know theater and on demand like maybe you would ma- be making the same amount um, and it doesn't really matter like where you're making the amount as long as like from both re- like both streams of revenue you're making making that money. Um, so like it's just interesting but it's like it, it I'm just like is this going to be the future where movie theaters are increasingly going to, Feel this, like, threat and competition from demand that, like, that this world that we live in has now created. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's tough. It's,
0: like, it's hard to say I, you know, sympathize for a dude who's, like, the CEO of, like, a publicly traded company, right? But it's, like, at the same time, I'm thinking just as, like, a moviegoer, um, I like that I have to go to the theater to watch, like, a movie. Like, I, I, but in, I in some respects, I don't want the option to watch it at home, you know? Because yeah, no,
1: I, but I think I when will. we are allowed back, you will, like, and people will. But I also think people will do that for these big tentpole movies only, and that is my biggest fear about this whole yeah, thing, it, that, exactly. like... You, you know, especially if like more and more theaters close because they can't get through this. If um, if we're practicing these like social distancing and like you're limiting the amount of people sitting in a theater, like there's going to be no room to play smaller movies. And I like that's my biggest concern that like it, at the end of the day, these like big blockbuster movies are going to be fine because. Right. People are gonna right. want to go watch these in whatever format that's available to them. It's just the smaller movies, the independent movies, that are gonna be like, you know, caught in this world of like we're gonna go back to like people just not caring for diverse palette of stories. Yeah. Um, and it
0: it was like hard I mean, enough, right? It was hard enough for these mm-hmm. small movies in the current climate of like movie making and profit margins and return on investments. But you yeah. add the, the added degree of difficulty of like now the fact that like see, like, like not theaters, but um, uh, production companies now have to be like, well, is this actually worth making
1: green lighting? Yeah. yeah Cause it's not going to make money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other big thing that happened in movie world, uh. This week was, um, so the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, my favorite, um, is now going to allow movies that had originally had theatrical release dates but are now being um, released online only to be eligible to be considered for, like, awards, like Best Picture. That's insane because they've never done that. And that's why uh, for movies like Roma and The Irishman on Netflix, like, Netflix essentially had to release them limited in movie theaters um, to be eligible to, like, to be eligible to compete in a lot of these categories, including Best Picture. And what this effectively does is that, like, that's no longer the case. So, so you know what? Best Picture nominee 2021 trolls, like, I, uh, I was just Because, say. <laughs> you know, like. If it's um, the
0: only movie released between now and then, doesn't it, by the yeah. fact, win?
1: Yeah. But um, there is a caveat to this, and the caveat to this um, change is that this is no longer going to be in effect once the shutdown is lifted so essentially we're only talking about movies that are being released right now like as as soon as we're I don't know what normal is going to be but quote-unquote back to normal like then it'll go back to like you having to have like you know movies be released so it 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 seemed like a big change but to me like I was just also a little bit like this isn't as big of a change as I thought it was going to be just because like it's not a permanent thing right it's just catering to the circumstances like currently so but it's no- nonetheless like for uh, you know an academy that's it, yes yeah, increasingly becoming more diverse and more younger in terms of its makeup of the people that uh make up the academy like this rule is is has always been so um in my opinion like a little bit antiquated um but here we are here we are um
0: you yeah, know agreed i mean here we are Right. And so, you know, that that kind of is, you know, what's been going on, like the movie industry. Let's talk a little bit about about TV, if you will. Yeah. So Um, I feel
1: like you know more about the TV industry than I do.
0: But you have more thoughts. Oh, before we move on to TV, I will say what I like cannot wrap my mind around is um, like on the financial side of things. Right. Which is that AMC has said, you know, they have zero revenue coming in for like weeks, months now, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, shock, uh, shock, St- share like stock prices have reflected that. But in the past week, it's like jumped. And I cannot I wonder understand. why. I have no idea. And I don't know, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to even try to guess. I'm just saying it's noteworthy that they have zero revenue coming in and they're super pissed at Universal but stocks have risen in the past week. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I guess mm. something you and I can note, uh, not like, I don't want to turn this to like a finance podcast, but like just something, yeah. like maybe if there's something in the tea leaves, you and I can just keep an eye on that. Plus, you know, in conjunction, you know, looking through the lens of like news, you know, for, for next time, but just something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah. Going Transitioning over to TV, Um you know, you'd ask me how many people have watched The Last Dance, um, and that is something that I think I like cannot recommend enough. Have you been enjoying The Last Dance? Yeah.
1: So, so, Hell yeah.
0: Okay, so here's my next question, right? Uh, is the and this is something I, I asked you before, but I told you I I asked you not to answer until we started recording because I wanted yep. to not know. Would you have watched or have been interested in The Last Dance? Had like, COVID-19 never happened? Like, if there
1: was, really? Yes, because two things about me, Steve. One, I do not particularly enjoy sports, playing it or watching it, but I love, like, the type of, like, soccer, like, they're so compelling.
0: Um, Um, could you could you back up i don't know if this will show up on the podcast but I, on my end you said i love and then it like cut out a little bit could you could you oh tell- no
1: yeah i love um, like the 30 for 30 like type uh. documentaries um and i love multi part documentaries <laughs> um so when and also like uh i i mean i I remember Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and, like, that era of the Bulls. And I almost wanted a Bulls starter jacket, but instead I went with the Knicks. Um, so <laughs> I was really into it. And I, like, know nothing about Michael Jordan. Like, I don't follow him anymore. And I don't know I, – I guess I don't really know a lot about him. So I, I have been really, really enjoying it.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. No, good to know. Yeah. No, I, I think – um, it is super interesting that, you know, like it the T V industry has taken the exact opposite stance of movies, which is that hey, if it's finished, like we can get eyeballs now. Like there's less competition now than before. The only competition is like legacy stuff or stuff that's already mm-hmm. been out. You know what I mean? But yep. I think you know, the, the 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 common thread though is this hunger for new content that Families and, and it doesn't have to be family. It could just be like, you know, people who are single, people who live alone, like they're hungry for stuff, even though there's stuff they haven't watched for whatever reason. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's like a psychological thing, but when it's new, it's like, oh, here it oh, it almost harkens back to the days when we only had three channels, you know, where yeah. because there's so little production going on when something is released. It is something that a lot of people can watch. Almost like together, even though you're not watching it like physically together, you know. And so when when Trolls comes out, families can be like, oh, hey, did you hear like this new movie came out and we can watch it? No one else has watched it um, or people haven't watched it before. You know, this is quote unquote new, even though, like you say, um, like there's so many things people haven't watched. There's so many things families haven't watched together, but they are still opting to pay to watch something that was just released even though through various subscriptions there's probably stuff that they haven't watched before that they can that they can watch that, that, that they've already paid for that they haven't watched like i just think that's fascinating you
1: know yeah i mean i think desperate for times calls for desperate measures right and like if you're stuck with these kids and um you're literally just trying to keep them entertained and stuff like what is 20 bucks what is five bucks to like you know? either buy or rent things or even subscribe to things that you would have never subscribed to. Mm-hmm. So, totally get it.
0: Yeah. So, I'm, like, really curious, like, if this... Because I, I, I feel like, at least in terms of uh, television, and I know, like, ESPN is not network television, it's, it's cable, but if the success of that leads to any other trends in the next few weeks or, you know, even... Maybe as far as the next few months, depending on how long these like stay at home orders like last, you know, if there mm-hmm. are any like um, like I, I I don't know if you know this off the top of your head. I certainly don't. But you know how SNL has been doing like SNL at home, like at home skits. Yes. Like I yeah. wonder if people are watching SNL more or less, you know, um, like ever since like the stay at home orders. So like, I'm just curious. I, I don't know if Tom had maybe we'll have we'll look into that for next time, but I am curious like how that how that's going. But I think that's a little different because with SNL it's like being produced during this time. So the production value is much lower than normal. As opposed mm-hmm. to the last stance, which is like it was produced beforehand, so the production yep. value is like just as high. So you know just something to look out for in the future I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I, 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 you know, I literally watch SNL every week. Um, I'm like the only person I know that does. Um, and like, I didn't, I have not loved the SNL at home episodes, not because I, I, like, I just think they, they just weren't like that funny, but like there were true moments of pleasure. Like when Brad Pitt played Dr. Anthony Fauci on this week's episode, it was very, very good. Um, but it's very interesting just to see, like, how quickly people have adapted and, like, what, what's what been happening. Like, you know, all the late-night shows are still happening, but, like, it's literally, like, you know, done through Zoom and Skype. And, like, right. obviously, like, the quality is, like, not there, and there's buffering, and sometimes we'll guests will come on and, like, and there's, like, even us, too, like, it's different from talking face to face, like doing this, right? So there's always this like awkward like, oh sorry, I'm talking over you like I can't right, read your right. expression. Like and it's like it totally shows on these shows, um, on these like late night shows. Um, but I I was just wondering. So like <sighs> You know, like, when the writer strike happened, like, in 2007, there were mm-hmm. a ton of, like, cancellations and, um, you know, obviously seasons were cut short. But, like, like, I just don't know what the immediate after effects of this will be. Like, I think on one hand, um, besides for some TV show seasons getting cut short a little bit... Um, this is sort of the period where they would be going on hiatus anyway. And I'm just strictly talking about like network TV shows. Right, because right. like, obviously, like streaming shows have like very varied schedules. But, mm-hmm. you know, what you were saying also, like, there's just so much content and like, you know, um, there's so much content that's been made and produced and like TV studios and networks are, you know, like, Racing and falling over each other to release these things and really truly take advantage of this time of people sitting in front of their TVs watching stuff. But is there going to are we going to see a gap where we're not seeing content any new content anymore because because now the the halt in production is going to catch up to you know real life. Um, I just I'm curious about that aspect. Um, you know, like I think a lot of tv shows go back into production like you know in the beginning part of the summer or like mid summer and if we're still doing this or practicing some forms of social distancing like how are they going to film things and how like then then just like we're not going to have the traditional September fall like releases anymore so it just I think it's going to be like really interesting to um to See what the huge ramifications of this time period is going to be. I don't know if you have thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, you know, my the only thought I have is like I do wonder if there are any studios that are holding on to things right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And if if they are, it's not going to be. It's it's probably going to be mostly documentary style as opposed to sitcom or hour long dramas. You know, and mm-hmm. I think we'll see a lot of that because that's stuff where you just cut up footage, you know, and like do interviews and stuff. Yeah. So I, I do wonder if we'll see more like documentaries as opposed to, you know, like produced um, yeah. Like television shows. I think T V in oh an odd way with the whole like streaming wars is a little better suited for the coming times and like the movie industry you know the the movie industry there's no it's not competing with itself it's competing with sports or it's competing with you know um other things that grab your attention whereas with tv it's like these platform wars between you know network cable streaming you know what i mean and so yeah i feel like tv has had to adapt as an industry in general has had to like i think of how much the tv industry has changed from now and like five ten years ago um i mean Mm -hmm. ten years ago my goodness totally different you know as opposed to the movie industry like the movie industry has changed a little bit there is like some competition with netflix but it's mostly about like prestige it's not really about like technology or you know like uh, like even when we talk about trolls you know it's like it's like oh being released directly to on demand like and it's becoming this huge thing and it's literally just one movie and it's not like a a ten-pole movie it's not like a movie that you know people were like dying to, i mean unless there's like a
1: speak TV for yourself TV steve series. i think there were know, quite right? a few people who were excited for it
0: yeah but but you know what i mean it's and like yeah. with tv shows it's like there was always so many tv shows whereas with movies yeah. it's like it's literally if you really wanted to get millions of people to watch you had to be strategic about like what weekend you released it you know, right so you had to like stagger the schedule whereas with tv it was like who cares about the release like just release it and if people don't watch it now they'll watch it in a year you know yeah and so yeah. I, i'm i mean and that's not to even say like i have thoughts i have predictions i just think tv in general it will look back at it and like maybe not even notice it'll be like, a mm-hmm. blip where like oh yeah there really wasn't anything to watch that was brand new that there wasn't anything being released but there's always something that i haven't there's always stuff that i haven't watched you know that i can't
1: yeah and movies, that's why i think the true like the true that. winners of all of this will be streaming services right because yeah. oh, um sure. it's no longer about like there's so much content everywhere that like you know like this is really a time for people to re to either revisit the things that they like want to watch and have loved watching and can rewatch, or there's so much content that like inevitably you're always going to find new content even if it if it's not new in the sense that it was just released so um again like get your stock like buy your stocks and netflix and hulu and all of these streaming services maybe not quibi i'm still out on quibi i don't know if you have feelings about quibi but um i don't uh (laughs) but yeah like i don't know like i we're gonna we're just gonna feel the ramifications of of all of this for a really, really long time.
0: Yeah, agreed. And, you know, we'll we'll try to stay updated on it and, you know, just process and digest everything as it happens, which I'm sure by the next time we record, there will be even more stuff to digest and process for sure.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
0: did you have any, any uh, last thoughts before we wrapped up?
1: Um... I'm sure I did, but I do not remember because I have very little memory of anything. Um, No, I just I I hope that the next time we chat, there will be some somewhat of a light at the end of tunnel type of thing. Um, But until then, I will work very hard on watching all of the things so that we have more stuff to recommend and talk to you all about.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I just like a teaser is, and this may not even be a teaser, but uh, I, uh, HBO Go has this like section where it's like stuff that is like leaving soon. Um, Oh, yes, yes, yes.
1: I religiously check that. I check (laughs) um, like blogs for what's leaving Amazon, uh, Netflix, and Hulu every month. And then like the last week of each month, I'm always just like, crap i have 70 movies that i needed to watch before it leaves whatever service but yeah. Yes. what are I,
0: what's your i find that to be like actually more effective than like here's what's coming um so i don't know yeah.
1: why yeah I'm like, it's so stressful
0: i need to watch godzilla king of the monsters before it leaves hbo
1: <laughs> i think i have like two, is that the millie bobby brown yeah yeah i that's think yeah, you either have to watch it tonight or tomorrow, right? Because May 1st is, like, Friday, I think.
0: Yeah, I think May 1st. Um, so I will be watching that in the next few days, and I'll tell you what I think.
1: Let me know, yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, with that, you know, thanks, everyone, for listening. hope you guys are staying safe. Remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, Jen, you want to say bye until next time?
1: Until next time, guys. Stay safe and watch lots of stuff.
0: That's right. All right. Take care, everyone.
1: Bye.